Good evening, folks. Good evening to everybody, and uh, good to be on tonight with you. Uh, good to be here, and uh, I hope and pray all of you've had a good day today as we're on live. We've got several folks joining us already, and I'm glad that you're here with us. Uh, numbers going up. Hi, Mary, Air Janet, J&J, and Diane. Uh, how are you folks? Hi, Kenner, my old buddy, Kenner. Mary. Hi, Patty, my sister up in Sandusky. And there's old Robert Swindle from way out in Georgia's Fork. Wanda, good evening. Uh, good to see all of you. Uh Diane says she's blessed. Yes, we are blessed. Jenny says that all the time. Uh, <clears throat> Hi, Jared. Good to see you with us tonight. Uh, and uh, numbers going up real good. Uh, I want you to turn to First John uh, chapter 1. We're going to talk a little bit of, in John tonight and challenge you. Uh, I think if you've noticed, hi, Greg Baker, from way down there in Florida, I saw you were in St. Augustine. That's one of my favorite places to go. And down there on that street where you walk up and down that street, you can't drive. I can't remember. St. George's Street, I believe it is. There's my favorite pizza place down there, pizza time. So if you all go back down there and you feel like pizza, go get it. <clears throat> Hi, Doris, and think about me when you're eating it. And get some of them homemade rolls they've got and dip them down into their marinara salts. Well, I haven't had supper. I'm hungry. Um, but uh, hi, Betty, uh, Dot, and Jeff, my brother, uh, and then uh, Peggy. Good to see Peggy. We're getting a good number on here tonight. I'd... I dressed up just for you all. Well, that's not totally honest, I guess, but Jenny and I have been down in Bristol today. Howdy, Terry Taylor and Eleanor. Hi, Eleanor. Uh, we were down there at a meeting, in a preacher's meeting today, and um, and we got home uh, somewhere around 5.30 or 6, and so uh, I just didn't change out of my preacher's suit. Uh, hi, Sheila Mead. Uh, I heard some good preaching this morning. Uh, three, three good preachers this morning and some good singing. Hi, David. Uh, and uh, heard the McLemore's Rusty Nell Crossing. They sang a few songs today. And uh, hi, Mary. Linda Killen, uh, <clears throat> and uh, and and uh, Amelia Petty sang a beautiful song today as well. Amelia is one of my favorite singers, and she can play the piano and sing. And her husband preached this morning right off the bat, Brother Dennis. And uh, uh, hi, Myra. And so. Uh, I might say, it might be kind of jumping the gun, but I'm waiting to get a bunch, uh, we get a number up here real good. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, 
yeah, Diane, you watch tomorrow night or whatever. Um, but we're talking to the Rusty Nail Crossing, the McLemores, and Daniel and his family, Linda and Emma, Maggie and Gabe, about coming back to our church this summer and doing another revival service for us. And uh, they, their family does bluegrass music. And we're going to be talking to everybody about that. And, and uh, for you folks that are here in Clintwood, uh, uh, just what do you think about that, bringing them back in? And uh, we're talking about doing something special as well and then <clears throat> some other things. But, uh, but let's go to First John chapter 1. As we get into tonight, and again, we're doing our podcast at the same time, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, on Anchor, and folks that uh, come in and see, and uh, uh, they could get on Anchor up the creek. Hi, Lita. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think it'd be awesome too, David. Uh, hi, Pat. And uh, we're going to stalling for time there they were they were so good alita they really are very 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 good hi shane and tanya wallace i'm not sure which one you are but it may be both of you uh, hi barbara a friend down in gatlinburg tennessee she works up on top of the mountain down there if you've ever rode the a little chairlift up on the side of the mountain there in the middle of town barbara works up on top and uh, <clears throat> she was a dear, sweet friend. And so, uh, hi, Brenda. Brenda Agnes, we're, we're getting a really good number on. And so, again, I want you to go to uh, St. John, the Gospel of John, Chapter 1. And we're going to talk about some things tonight. And uh, if you've noticed, uh, all of you all that have been with me every night and some have been with us uh, several nights. Some have been with us every night. This is the ninth day of our 40 days of prayer for revitalization for our life, bringing new life and quality into our life. And I, I think tonight's uh, talk is very important. Uh and what I'm going to say that if we've noticed, uh, hi, Eleanor, you're from Jonesville. Hey. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been through Jonesville. Good to have you on here with us tonight. Uh, <clears throat> and that we've been dealing with God's Word. And, um, and we're going to be leaving that idea probably after tomorrow night, I'm not sure. I haven't really looked ahead too much, but uh, uh, <clears throat> and so uh, we're we're going to be leaving this idea of uh, saturating ourselves with God's word um, and applying it to our life. But to, tonight, I hope I can get across what God's put upon my heart. And in my reading and in my praying of what he's shared with me, and I hope I can share that with you as well. And Mary, praise the Lord for your good, good uh, report. <clears throat> and um, 
And so, as we go to 1 John chapter 1, and verse 1, many of you have already read those verses of Scripture, and you know uh, what we're going to be talking about as far as the Scripture. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And in these particular four verses, as we look at these, we're, and I want you to get you a pencil and paper ready as well, because I've got Five things I'm going to have you to write down with some scripture. Hi, Anna Taylor. Good to have you on with us. Um, I'm going to give you five things about the Word and some scripture that I want you to write down, if you would. And I want you to go to those either later this evening after we get off the air or tomorrow sometime in preparation for tomorrow night. And uh, uh, and so to so get your pencil and paper ready, and toward the end of it here we'll we'll do that. But but the Bible teaches us that 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 in the beginning was the word, and and so word translates in the ancient Greek word logos, L O G O S. And so the idea of logos has a has a real deep meaning uh, for both Jewish people and Greek thinking people. And so when John was writing this, just to give you a little bit of background leading up to what we're going to talk about, that that these folks knew what John was speaking about because. Logos, or the Word of God, was a term that they were familiar with. Jewish rabbis often referred to God, especially in his uh, more personal uh, aspects of God, in terms of his Word. And not just the Word, but his Word, or referring to him as the Word of God. And so they spoke of God himself as the Word of God. And, and as like for an example, in Exodus chapter 19, verse 17, Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. But the Bible says that Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet the Word of God. And so in the mind of these ancient Jews or these in the Old Testament, the phrase, the Word of God, could be used to refer to God himself. And so with Greek philosophers in the old days, they, uh, they saw Logos, and this is one thing that I want to get you to remember here in just a moment, uh, that they saw this word, Logos, as the power to put sense into the world and into 
all of the world, making the world an orderly um, operation instead of chaos. Uh, God spoke into existence the world. He brought chaotic activity and and put it in order. And so the Logos was the power that set the world in perfect order as far as what they could see and that not only did he set it in perfect order, but he kept it going in perfect order. And so I want you to remember that because of what I'm going to say here in a little while, that they saw Logos as the ultimate reason that controlled everything or controlled all things. And so in this opening that John gives us here in chapter 1, verse 1, John said to both of these Jews and Gentiles, basically, I'm putting it into my own terminology or or into Fudge Creek terms here, that for centuries you've been talking about, you've been thinking about, and you've been writing about the Word or Logos. And so now he's saying, now I want to tell you who he is. And that's awesome. Now, let me. I want to tell you who he is. And so John met both the Jews and the Greeks in his day where they were at. And he explained Jesus in terms that they already understood. But John was using a term which the various shades of meaning was in common use everywhere. And they would understand that. So he could reckon with all men everywhere catching this meaning that he's placing before them. And so the word was already being used. This term was already being used and the Greeks looked at it as someone or something that brought order to chaos. Our lives sometimes are very chaotic. Our lives are a mess at times. And and I believe that many times our lives are a mess because of the lack of the word in our lives. Now, John chapter 10, verse 10, the Bible says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But God said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. And he's not just talking about eternal life. He's talking about a good life while we're here. Now, does that mean that we're all going to be rich? No. I'm not one of those kind of preachers that preaches prosperity because we can go in the Bible and Jesus said, the poor you're always going to have with you. There's always going to be poor people. Uh, And... And so, and we know that that's the case. Uh, in fact, I, 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 my brother and I was talking today and we were talking about people with money and, and uh, maybe big homes or whatever else. And, I, and, uh, and, and so uh, he was talking about a preacher making a lot of money and has a big home or fancy cars. And he, 
he wanted to tell him, well, I've got a brother that's a preacher and he doesn't have all that. And I told him, I said, I wouldn't want all that because the the bigger the house you got, the more you worry about it. Or the fancier car, more expensive car you got, the more you worry about it. Uh, the more chaos you might have in your life. Now, I have older cars, and I'm not telling you this to get you to feel sorry for me. And and I have a mechanic here that we take our cars down to on sometimes it seems like a weekly basis. But uh, we get them worked on. But I would rather have that than the, the a payment on a brand new car as expensive as they are right now. But he says that he has come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. And he's talking about right now, this life right now. That I want you to go, if you would, to John chapter 5 and verse 24. And um, John chapter 5, verse 24. And I'm going to jump over there and uh, read uh, John chapter 5, verse 24, and I'm trying to get there real quick, but you all um, trying to use one hand. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. And so, we're getting back to God's word again, that logos. Logos literally means to us that Jesus Christ was the very thought or expression of of God. That when we look at Jesus, we see God. Uh, and when we get to know Jesus, we get to know God. And so in understanding what God's trying to say to us, that when we believe God's word, we avoid things in our lives. When we apply God's word to our life, we avoid judgments. Uh, we pass out of death's claws. In fact, I just read that we have everlasting life, that death does not have victory over us. We will die one of these days if the Lord doesn't come. Uh, uh, in the rapture to get us, but death is going to come our way. People are dying every day, but he's talking about it will not hold us. It will not separate us from God at, when we are saved, that we have eternal life, and that that we receive life here and now, that many of our lives could be better if we would base our life choices on the Word of God. Many of our lives would be better if we would live according to the Word of God. Uh, if, we would, if we would make decisions, if we knew God's Word well enough, it would keep us from stealing. If we knew God's Word well enough, it would keep us from lying. If we knew God's word and it's filling our heart and it's saturating our lives, we wouldn't be committing adultery or fornication. We wouldn't be doing a lot of things. And so if the word is in us and Jesus' promise is real to us, 
that we can have life and life more abundantly, then it's going to be a whole lot easier if we're in the Word. When we have difficulties in our life, it's when we stray from the Word. You think about it. When you've had your most depressing times in life, or when you've had your most difficult times in life, I'll guarantee you it wasn't when you were on fire for God. I'll guarantee you it wasn't when you were going to church regularly. I'll guarantee you it wasn't when you were reading your Bible on a daily basis. I'll guarantee you it wasn't when you're praying regularly to God. I'll guarantee you it wasn't when you were memorizing scripture. I'll tell you when you've had the most problem is when you strayed away from God or when I have strayed away from God. Kitty put on here, the word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It will lead us. It will guide us. And it is, as we look at it tonight, the word is Jesus Christ. And so it'll keep us from a lot of things if we know the word of God. And so I want to challenge you tonight as we get into God's word, as we apply it to our lives, I want to promise you something through the word of God, and I believe I can base it upon the word of God. You will have life and life more abundantly. What do I mean by that? Well, I I just want to say that you might still be poor, but you'll be happy about it. You You may be sick, but you'll be happy about it. Because as the word is in your life and you'll know and you'll, and you'll understand the promises that God has given to you, if, if I didn't know this, I'd be a miserable individual. If I'm about to get happy here now. If, if I didn't know that Jesus would never leave me nor forsake me, when I'd go to a hospital, I'd be an awful wreck. Uh, when I'd go to the doctor's office, I'd be an awful mess. If I didn't know that he's a friend that would stick closer than a brother, if I didn't know what the psalmist wrote, that what time I'm afraid, I can trust glory to God. I can trust in thee. I'd have an awful time. If I didn't know that God loves me more than anything else in this world, I'd be a depressed individual. Uh, If If I didn't know that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life, I would die and go to hell. If we know God's word, but what I'm trying to say, those are common things that we know that there's much more in the word of God. There's much more. There's more promises there in the word of God if we'll just learn them and read them, and and understand what's there. I'm trying to say to you, as we've tried to encourage me even, <coughs> over these past nine days, that the more Word of God we get in our lives, the less of the world we have in our lives, and the less of the cares of this world we have in our lives. And Jesus, what we have learned tonight has promised us life and life more abundantly. Do you want an abundant life? Get into his word. Do you want God to use you? Get into his word. Do you want God to do something in your life? Get into his word. Understand what his word is. This is 
true for eternity, that we're going to have eternal life, and this is true for today. David said, more him and less of me. Amen. And uh, and we can get along better that way. Uh, and so <clears throat> you and I, or you and your church, or you and other believers, as we believe God's word, and we believe his promises and assurances that he gives to us, we will begin to experience new life in Christ, uh, a, a spiritual breakthrough in Christ, that as we learn his word, there will be breakthroughs in our life. The, <coughs> excuse me. There'll be new vitality there. There'll be, there'll be new promises that we'll learn, new assurances that we'll have. It will be much easier for us to trust him in times that we don't know his word. It'll be much easier for us to trust him when he's doing something in our life. I wrote down, I sit over there in my chair, my easy chair earlier uh, after we got home, and I wrote down five things. And uh, in fact, I want to go real quick to Mark chapter 4, verse 4, and write that down if you would. And also, or excuse me, I said Mark, it's Matthew 4, 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. And I'm turning over here to read it for you. Uh, and then write that down. Also, it's Luke chapter 4, verse 4 as well. Uh, goes along with it. But uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. I'm getting there. Y'all hang in there. Talk about something if you want. Uh, Matthew 4, 4 says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. That goes along with what we're saying tonight. You will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the, out of the mouth of God. That it's very important for us not just to worry about physical food, but we need spiritual food. We need the Word of God in our life. All right, you got your pencils and pen? I got mine here. Uh, I want, I've got five, five things here I want you to write down. I want you to look up the scripture I'm going to give you. I want you to read it, see what you can get out of it. But there, these are five ways of how to live according to every Word of God. Five ways on how to live according to every Word of God. Now, if you can write that down, I don't know if Alita's on here or not. She was real good about the other night writing things down, but I've got, it's kind of extensive. So uh, I'm going to give you some time. Here's five ways on how to live according to every word of God. Number one, living by God's word means to humble yourself. Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 3. Living by God's word means to humble yourself. Deuteronomy 8.3. And I just give you a cap here on Deuteronomy 8.3. 
that I'm not going to turn to it, but just from memory, I'll try and tell you that that God's talking to the children of Israel and, and he's feeding them manna. And he said, before I could give you this manna, I had to humble you. And I've given you this manna, but he goes on to say, as as Jesus quoted here in Matthew 4, verse 4, that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. That that he was saying to the children of Israel, you're lollygagging around here in the wilderness. There's some Fudge Creek way of telling it. That you're lollygagging around here in the wilderness and you're whining around about being hungry, but if you would have trusted me before, you wouldn't be hungry now. If you would have listened to me before, you wouldn't be hungry now. So living by God's word means to humble yourself. Humble yourself before God. Humble yourself before him and to understand that it's not just the physical food you need. It's not just electric and gas and all of these other things you need. But if we'll get to the point, I want to tell you something, it'll... It'll change your life. If we get to the point to where we understand that God is what we need more than anything else and that God will take care of us. And and so we we need to understand that. Uh, when I was in India, I told, I've told the story before and I may have told you all here on this, but uh, there was several of us preachers as we were there preaching in India and one day, uh, we were talking to a, a young man and, and they a lot of them are crippled up and they have broken arms and they're crooked and walk with a limp and and uh, the, the medical care there isn't real good as far as hospitals and those type of things. And and so this one fellow was talking and he was talking to the us preachers and I, I was kind of taking pictures and talking to some other people and and this uh, this one preacher it was listening and uh and the the Indian preacher said that um you know how things were and and uh, and how difficult it was and and the one preacher from Illinois said uh well, it sounds to me like God's all you've got and that Indian preacher looked up at him and he said sir God's all we need and so if we get to that place, and I want to tell you, God was moving in India. Uh, they were being persecuted. Some were being beaten on a regular basis. Some preachers were being killed on a regular basis, martyred for Christ. But the Spirit of God was on the move. Life, uh, they were living a spiritual life and appreciative of that. God had humbled them, but then God was taking care of their needs. So you got the first one, living by God's word means to humble yourself. Fully depend upon him. Place yourself into his hands. Number two, living by God's word means believing his word. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for doctrine, for for correction, for instruction, and all of these things. And and so living by God's word means believing his word. Now, if you don't believe his word, then you might as well turn the 
uh, Facebook off and go watch television or something because I'm not getting anywhere with you. But if you believe his word, then living by his word means that you will believe his word. So as I said the other night, we need to get back to a new uh, idea and a, and a rededication uh, of, of, of trusting God's word. And then number two, living by God's word means believing God's word. If you don't believe it, it's going to be hard to live it. Second Timothy 3.16. Thirdly, living by God's word means to follow his commandments. Deuteronomy 8.6. In fact, Jesus said in the New Testament, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Living by God's word means to follow his commandments. As I said a little while ago, if you knew God's word, and if you know God's word, and if you know the commandments of God, even in the Old Testament, it'll keep you from sassing your mom and dad. Um, it'll, it'll keep you from lying. It'll keep you from cheating. It'll keep you from stealing. It'll keep you from killing. It'll even keep you from kicking your neighbor's dog. If you know God's word, we'll treat each other better. We'll... we'll live better. We'll obey the commandments of God in that he said in the New Testament that the greatest commandment of all is to love our neighbor as ourselves. Sure, we're to love God with all of our heart, and with all of our soul, with all of our strength, but we're to love each other. And so we, we fail very, very badly there in loving each other. But living by God's word means that we'll follow his commandments. In fact, one commandment in the New Testament, forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, even so the much more as you see the day approaching. That we're supposed to assemble ourselves, and you're here with me tonight, assembling ourselves, and we need to believe God's word and we need to follow his commandments, Deuteronomy 8, 6. Fourth, living by God's word means to recognize that God is our ultimate provider. Matthew six twenty five and 33 tells us again here that Jesus said, you won't live by bread alone. Uh, that he's encouraging us that we'll understand that God is our provider. Take no thought. Let me go over there to that real quick and just read it for you. And then you read it for yourself too, uh, either later on tonight. You draw something from it yourself. But you'll find the more you start getting into God's Word and reading, uh, the more you'll start getting out of it. And you'll see the change in your own life. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. I'm looking here. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Can't get it. Um, there's five, six. I'll get there. Hang on. My pages are... You see my old New Testament here. It's falling apart. Matthew 6, 
25 and 33. Uh, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, nor yet for your body or what ye shall drink, what ye shall put on. It is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. In verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So we need to live according to God's word and believing and recognizing that living by God's word means to recognize that God is our ultimate provider. And fifth, living by God's word means seeking his will in our lives. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Living by God's word means seeking his will in our lives. Remember the other night I told you, if you don't know what God's wanting you to do, if God's dealing with you about something and you don't know what God's wanting you to do, get into his word. Living God's word means that you'll be seeking God's will in your life and you'll find what God's will for your life is through his word. Romans chapter 8, verse 7. Well, there's some work for you. Work for me as I sat down and went through this earlier today. That that what we're looking at tonight is from, from the word to life. It's a miraculous thing. It's hard for me to explain. You just have to try it for yourself. Uh, it's hard for me to explain how reading God's word that's alive and vibrant and that it's, it's, it's ever doing something in our lives. It's hard for me to explain how just something as simple as reading God's word can bring life to you or me. It's hard for me to get across to you the importance of, of, of how reading God's word can bring you life more abundantly here in this life. But it can. Please trust me on this. John 10.10 10 said the thief comes but to steal and kill and destroy. And God said, Jesus said, I've come that they might have life and life more abundantly. The thief, who is Satan, he wants you to stay out of the word because he don't want you to learn it. He don't want you to know it because he wants to steal your joy. He wants to steal your peace. He wants to steal your happiness. He wants to steal your life. But get into God's word. Uh, And so uh, I think Alita... How to live according to the Lord, to the Word of God? Yeah, Alita's putting it on there, and uh, hopefully she got it all down. If you didn't, Alita, get with me, and I've got it wrote down here, and I'll give it to you. And she was real good about posting that prayer online the other day, and I hope you all have been praying that prayer. Um, from the Word to life, it's miraculous. From the word to life. From God's word because Jesus Christ 
is the Word. He's alive. He's, he's working in our hearts. He's doing something in our life. And He wants to do something every day in our life. So every day, get in His Word. I'm not sure how much longer we're going to deal with the Word. But uh, maybe tomorrow night might be the last one. But um, And then we're going to switch gears again. I appreciate all of you all hanging with me. I appreciate the number that's been on here tonight uh, so much. In fact, uh, on Sunday night, we had over 1,100 views by Monday evening. The people tuned into our uh, broadcast on Sunday night and, uh, and watched a portion of it or whatever else. And so, uh, and oh, is Lita, I couldn't read what all she wanted. Let me go over them again, uh, real quick here. You ready? Alita, you ready? Number one, living by God's word means to humble yourself. Deuteronomy 8 3. David's trying to help her out a little bit here. Hi, Rachel. Number two, Living by God's word means believing his word. 2 Timothy 3.16 Number three, living by God's word means to follow his commandments. Deuteronomy 8.6 Number four, Living by God's word means to recognize that God is our ultimate provider. Matthew six twenty five and thirty three. And number five, living by God's word means seeking his will in our lives. Romans eight seven. And you see what you can pull out of those scriptures. Have you noticed a change already? Because every day you and I have been in God's Word. At 8 o'clock every evening, you and I have been in God's Word every day. Can you see a change already in your attitude or in your life or how you may feel about the situation or how you may feel about God? Has it done anything? <clears throat> I've always said in the old in the early New Testament in the book of Acts, the early church, hi Jetty Greer, um, that daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach Christ. Every day. Every day people were saved. Every day people's lives were changed. God dealt with people every day. It motivated them to do extraordinary things. Uh, and I that I don't want to get into what they did, but it, it just it motivated them to. But they loved each other. Uh, they they grew together as a group of people, and they fellowshiped one with another, and uh, they had what they called love feasts. And they would eat. And that's what Baptists like to do. Eat. And they would have communion and preaching the gospel. And people would be saved. From the word to life. 
Jesus knows how important it is for us to know the word, to be able to receive abundant life. Let's get with it. Let's get into it. Saturate ourselves with it. May God bless you tonight, folks. I appreciate every one of you. Some of you are coming on kind of late, but go back and watch the full broadcast, if you will. And if some of you haven't seen the others, they're on our uh, Clintwood Baptist Church Facebook page, so you can go back and uh, watch all of the broadcasts uh, that we've done as far as this. Uh, we're in the ninth day of our 40 days of prayer for revitalization. Uh, and so David said, boy, this has been an awesome nine nights. Prayers for God to lift you up and use you to fill his word. Looking forward to uh, more of them. And um, I'm looking forward. I hope you'll stay with me. I believe in the end of this, I believe God will have something spectacular. I think God's going to do a work in your life. I think God is going to do something tremendously in all of our lives. I'm trusting him for that and I'm praying for that. May God bless you. Uh, may God bless each one of you. And I pray that you'll have a good night tonight. Praying for you all. Good night, folks. See you tomorrow night, 8 o'clock. Invite someone to come to church with you tomorrow night here at 8 o'clock. Good night.